You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 18. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. Hello, pet business owners. How are you? It is so good to be connecting with you. I am really enjoying the holiday season. I know some of you <laughs> are not listening to this over the holiday time. It's probably the spring or the fall or, you know, winter, not quite the holidays if you're listening to this, but it is going to be Christmas very soon in a few days and I'm just really enjoying the season. I'm enjoying how cold it is. I love making fires in my fireplace. Some of you who are friends with me on Instagram <laughs> have seen my fireplace in my office, which really is a lot of fun. I love it. And normally during this time, I tend to kind of cocoon a lot, and that has not been the case for me. I've been really active working out like four or five times a week and connecting with friends and family and just really enjoying this time. So I hope that you guys are having a great time, whatever you're doing, whenever you're listening to this. And I'm also in the beginning stages of planning my wedding, which is happening next fall. So that's really exciting. It's just been a really busy time, but it's a really good time too. And I'm also really excited, you guys, about the four-week Jumpstart program that is happening starting January 25th. For those of you that don't know about it, it is a four-week program. I've done it. This is probably the fifth time that I've offered it in the last couple years, and we always get great people who are a part of it. It's such a fun connecting group, and you know, I just want to say if you're feeling stuck in your pet business or you're feeling overwhelmed and you want to create both a successful and profitable business in 2017 and have a great life, I know that a lot of pet business owners think you can't have both, but I'm telling you, you can. This is really the program for you. I'm going to really outline how to do that. And I get a lot of folks ask me, you know, what's the difference between the Jumpstart program and the Catapult program? Both of those are four-week programs that I do. So what I say is the Catapult majors in business and minors in life, and the Jumpstart majors in life and minors in business. And I know for a lot of pet business owners at this time of year, you are fried. And perhaps you haven't felt like you had a life in a really long time. So the focus for the jumpstart is really your life. And if you don't have one because you're working all the time, this is the program for you. You're going to have an opportunity to create your best year yet plan, which is like a business plan, but it also can be a life plan. And I really encourage participants of the Jumpstart who are creating their best year yet plan to really have half their plan be business and half personal. And I'm going to talk more about that in the program. You don't have to know anything more now, but it's just a really great roadmap that you will create for the next 12 months of the year. 
And if you really want to shift your business in your life this year, you're going to want to sign up and join us. Again, we've got some great people and I know we're going to get a lot more. So there'll be a link in the show notes for the Jumpstart course. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. And I know some of you prefer to work with me one-on-one to do coaching instead of being in a group. So for those of you who want to create a really powerful business and life plan and you want to work with me one-on-one, I am offering for a limited time my best year yet coaching program in January and February and at specific various times throughout the year. You're going to get a three-hour coaching session with me and together we will craft your best year yet plan and you'll be able to go into the year or the next 12 months, you know, even if you're signing up for it in July, um, to really feel empowered, excited, motivated, have total and utter clarity and intention to move forward. And because it's a three-hour coaching session with me, and I'm really limited on time giving my other coaching clients, and I have a lot of projects going on, I only have a few spots available for the best year yet coaching that's one-on-one with me. I will put the link in the show notes if you're interested. And a lot of pet business owners have said that it's a game changer for them. And I know when I create my own best year yet plan, which I do every year, it gives me motivation, excitement to really ramp up my game and take it to the next level. So show notes, you can go there to get the links by going to prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 18. And I'm also going to be putting a free goal setting workbook link in the show notes. So if you want to work on your own to set your goals, that's an option too. It's totally fine. But please do set goals for this year. And if you're listening to this in the spring, summer and fall, You can set goals anytime, guys. Just do it, okay? So this podcast episode that you're about to hear is part two of the coaching segment I recorded a few months ago, and it aired on the Prosperous Pet Business Online Conference. I hope you enjoy it, and I am excited to connect with you at the other end of the coaching segment that I do. So I'll see you on the other side. Okay, I see Catherine has a question, and then Chris. I'm going to call on Catherine and then Chris. Hello, Catherine. Hello there. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. Oh, yay. As of late, um, I'm going to be succinct, like I was reading your instructions. <laughs> I'll try to go right to the point. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I have a client, just kind of the boundaries. So that's been my challenge since the beginning, probably because, well, this is such a personal business being in their home and, and just the way we get businesses by trust. And mm-hmm. I think they, they immediately believe that you're their friend and we are, but there's that professional boundary. And I'm, I'm still struggling with that. Kristen, I um, mm-hmm. have a client that, you know, he was going to, he has a, a drinking issue. Mm-hmm. And so I set the boundary and I said, you know, if you're, he's always home when I come to walk the dog. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, I'm going to, in the beginning, I said, I'll take on you as a client, but I can't have, I'm, I can't have that. You like be intoxicated or <sighs> on any kind of medication. Mm-hmm. And I just try to be brief, brief, brief as possible. But mm-hmm. what happens is, is they, like right now he wants me to 
Probably, and this has happened with two clients in the past week. I can't believe it. They want me to consider adopting their dog. Oh, wow. Where do you get that? Like, uh, I, I just imagine that this isn't going to be the first time that mm-hmm. someone offers for me <laughs> to take on their dog. Now, one comes with the complete, both of them would be financially mm-hmm. set. Like, they, they are paid for their vet bills, all unexpected, cost mm-hmm. grooming, but... I just wondered if you have any advice on the, the boundary piece yeah. and how you stay professional when it comes to them kind of setting you up to take on their dogs if they're having a medical issue. Uh, that's the case in both cases. Oh, the gentleman is probably going to go, but he's going to go into treatment. Mm-hmm. And then the other client is a, in an assisted living and she's going mm-hmm. into dementia, mm-hmm. into a dementia facility. Yeah. And her daughter is asked if I'd be willing to take the dog it's like it's two in one week wow i have a third one a third one that just happened (laughs) yesterday that somebody else is going into Mm. treatment and they were wondering if i could help her with her ex-husband's pit bull that no one will take oh wow so yeah what do you do yeah it's sort of like well it's interesting i'm just thinking about when i volunteered at the humane society they had this rule and maybe those of you that have volunteered know exactly what i'm about to say they had a rule that you could not adopt a dog for like the first six months of (laughs) working there because so many people would just adopt every single dog right and then they would not yeah. volunteer there. <laughs> you know, you'd be so busy with their own dogs. Right. So I would set a bottom line for yourself around that, with the exception if there was a dog that you had an incredibly special connection with, then you know that might be cause for you know adopting the dog. But without that, I would say it's a deal breaker. Like it's a non-negotiable. You know, you can't adopt your client's dogs. You'll go out of business basically if you do that, you know? So what I might do is collect a referral base. So where you contact different shelters, rescue organizations, there are lots, not lots, but there are some rescue organizations out there for older dogs and specifically for older dogs. And so that's one, I would look for something like that if there are older dogs that, you know, are coming your way for adoption. But not setting boundaries is fear, right? It's fear of they're not going to like me. They're not going to use me anymore for service. It's always fear. And so if we can, you know, just step above the fear and realize you know, we might lose this client. Probably we won't if we set a boundary, but that's our fear, right? But the thing is, if you don't set boundaries, there's none of you left. It becomes like people take pieces of you, right? And then where are you? So I would be looking at the fear that is underneath the setting of the boundary or the reluctance to set a boundary and really work with that fear. And so how I might work with it is to say to myself or to do some writing about, you know, what am I really afraid of here? If I say no to this particular client, their request, a lot of times what comes up is, you know, when we're meeting a new client, we get a feeling of this isn't the right client. I shouldn't be taking care of this client for whatever reason, you know, whatever it is. And yet we bypass that. And then we end up 
you know, kicking ourselves later. And it can be the same with staff members too. So I think the more you can get in touch with what's underneath the reluctance to set a boundary, the more you'll have the courage to actually say no. And, you know, it's not just saying no, but it's offering an alternative solution, right? So, right. yeah, it's not like no, because <laughs> that doesn't, oh, no, you know. No. I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought out of the box for the one um, client who's going into de- to dementia um, about, you know, helping them expedite be, have, having her dog become a therapy dog. Uh-huh. And then she would, she would be, and then put her in a facility that's close to her home oh, so that sweet. she can go walk the dog. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah, and I, but I actually uh, have a extremely strong, have developed an extremely strong connection with that dog. And mm-hmm. of course, the other two dogs, too, and I know they've picked me on purpose, right? Yes. So that's the thing. I mean, and then they like how I am with their animals, and yeah. then that's how we do so well in this work. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard because the guys, I guess I'm not as worried about the assisted living one as much as the gentleman who has the... He has uh, he has the alcohol addiction and then a, a, some some kind of uh, mm. chemical other chemical addiction going on and it's I I there's just his dogs are humongous they're two Newfoundland mixes and they're wonderful dogs yeah. I don't have the means at the time to take his yeah that's a lot to sign up for so I I'm, I will I will definitely be looking at your options for I I thought about that because he's also in a little bit too close of a relationship with the vet. Uh So she and I have talked and we're trying to just keep him above water. Uh Like, Oh, wow. Anyway, thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. And he's a pretty incredible guy. Not maybe not in a good way. He's drawn these caretakers around him, you know, who are not family. Oh, oh, by the way, he has a unlimited, Income, well, so. that's probably yeah. why he's, you know, <laughs> I, he, he has the ability to just, you know, sit around and drink. But see, it everybody's like. dancing around it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, and like you said, it takes a part of you. Yeah. When you're around an addict, yep. when you're around an addict especially. Yeah. And I don't care if it's a client or a family member. Yep. I just have experienced that now, now, yeah. even though I drew that boundary in the beginning, yeah. I didn't honor that. Yeah. And it's, and it's taking pieces of me. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really getting weird. Yeah, I understand. And, you know, one of the things that for those of you that are out there that are really struggling with setting boundaries, there's kind of an interesting resource, and that is Al-Anon. You know, it's a 12-step group. Oh, 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 definitely. Oh, Kristen, I love you. Oh, yeah, I know all <laughs> okay, that. Okay, good. It's really oh, important. Yeah, you can go in there. Yep. It doesn't matter who in your life, and I have yep. just having a one single client is enough, and you hear yeah. that this disease is not to be judged, and yep. on and on and on. Exactly, yeah, it's and a great, great resource. Thank you. You're I, welcome. I, I have uh, I'm excited to listen to more people's questions. Yeah, thank you so much for your question. I appreciate it. All right, my dear. You're welcome. Okay. All right. I see Chris. Yates has a question. I'm going to unmute you, Chris. Hello. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Um, hi. Well, let's see here. My question 
is that um, let me let me preface it with saying I have very good Yelp reviews. One of my main marketing strategies, I think you know, is that I just walk up to people with dogs and hand them my card. I love that. Them and hand them my card. Uh-huh. And you know, I have I have no interest in growing a very large business because I I take care of small dogs in my home, and I'm happy to have just a few. However. I noticed that I do not get the returning. Over the years, I've just had so many clients, and mm-hmm. it's only a handful that stick. And people seem to like me mm-hmm. and be happy with my services. And I don't know if Dog Vacay and Rover.com have an impact. Um, it makes no suggestions it has anything to do with admin, paper, or the computer because that won't work. Mm-hmm. However, I wanted to see something I did a couple of years ago, and I, I don't know if it helps or not. I was thinking of just going back through my um, records, uh-huh. my registration forms for all these dogs, and just giving them a call. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that these days when people have voicemail and are so busy that making a phone call is a useful thing? I sure do. I think we're hungry for that actually, especially from a business, you know, in this automated day and age, we Mm -hmm. we're hungry for it. Now, what, what can happen is people get so busy that they might not actually call you back, but I would do two things. What I would do is I would give them a phone call. And what Mm -hmm. I would say is, you know, I've been thinking about you and your dog, name the dog or the Mm -hmm. cat. And I was just wondering how you're doing. And you know, I'm also wondering if there's anything I notice. you know, we haven't worked together in a long time. Is there anything that has prevented you from, you know, working with me? I'd love to know. Right. And I'm going to follow that up with, I'm going to be sending you something in the mail that's a little survey, just so because providing great service for my clients is of the utmost importance to me. So I'm going to be sending you a little survey. If you would be willing to just take the time to fill it out, it'll only take about three minutes. I would love it. And so then what you want to do is obviously that's if it's a voicemail, if they answer and most people don't answer these days. So you'll probably be leaving a lot of voicemails. But then what I would do is I would send a little survey and what I would do is I would say, is there anything that we could have done differently at the last pet sitting job that we did or last dog walking job? And what you want to do is you want to include a self-addressed stamped envelope so that they actually snail mail it back to you. I don't recommend, I know there are a lot of surveys out there that are online. It's not a great way to get the response that you want. Even though it seems like it's quicker, what Mm -hmm. is going to actually generate results from a survey is if you include a self-addressed stamped envelope and snail mail it to them. And it's the price of a stamp that is well, well worth it because they'll feel so guilty. (laughs) You're kind of going through the guilt, you know, of like, I mean, it's so weird because stamps don't cost that much, but we see them on a self-addressed stamped thing and we just, we can't not send it in. (laughs) So your clients are going to be the same way. And, you know, who knows what's happened? Maybe they moved maybe their dog died, but at least you'll have some resolution. And, you know, I do suspect, Chris, that something is going on that maybe you're not seeing because to have so many clients and to not have them do 
repeat business, you know, and who knows what that is. So, and people are more likely to write out what they're unhappy about than they would be to speak it to you either on the phone or in person. It's easier for us to write it. So I think on both levels, you're going to get the information that you need that's really important for you to take your business forward. Because like I was saying earlier, Chris, to get a new client requires so much energy. To keep taking care of your existing clients takes very little energy in comparison. So it's really important to nurture the clients that you have so that you're not having to continually expend tons and tons of energy to get new clients. Yeah, I also want to address what you said about dog vacay and Rover because that comes up so much when I'm working with pet business owners. They get a lot of fear around pet vacay and Rover. And the thing is, I want to say to everybody out there, don't worry. Okay, if you are doing a great job, and only you can know, really, if you are, you can charge a lot. <laughs> and, you know, you're giving clients peace of mind. A lot of people that are on Rover and Dog Vacay are just starting out. And maybe they're charging less, but doesn't mean that they're going to be better. And, in fact, probably they're not. You have the experience, you know, of having done this right. for a long time. You have a reputable business, too. Yeah, I do have loyal clients. Yeah. Return, return, return. Yeah. It's just the percentage in terms of how many clients I get is yeah. very, very small. Now, I just want to be realistic, Kristen. Yeah. If I do not get around to mailing a survey, is yeah. there anything additionally you can suggest? And I understand people would be more likely to respond in writing, but yeah. is there anything additionally you can suggest that I say, especially if I get hold of someone in person? Yeah. To encourage them to be honest. Um, yes. Yeah. What I would say is I'm 100% committed to you having had a great experience with me, and your satisfaction is so important. Is there anything that I could have done differently? You know, because I'm really trying to take my business to the next level. And mm -hmm. and so, you know, your opinion and your insight and your feedback really matters to me. So if you'd mm -hmm. be willing to just share for a couple minutes okay. what insight you might have for me to do a better job, I would love to hear it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's really, really helpful. Um, that's, that's great. Now, my last question mm -hmm. is if, like, say I need to leave early. Yeah. Is there a way we're going to be able to listen to this again? Yeah. Or will it be recorded? It, it will be recorded. We're pre-recording it now for the Prosperous Pet Business online conference. So if you go to prosperouspetbusiness.com, you're going to be able to mm -hmm. sign up for the conference. You might already be signed up. If you get my Prosperous okay. Pet Business newsletter, you are. We're going to be releasing one to two speaker videos a day, and this will be one of those videos that is going to be Great. released. So, That's yeah, wonderful. yeah, you'll have an opportunity. Okay. okay. Um, thank you so very much. You are welcome. Thank you. All right. Okay. You too. All right, Jessica from San Diego. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I just had a question. So I have been going into local businesses and marketing and dropping off business cards and trying to, you know, develop a relationship. But now that I've gone in a few times, yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what else to do. Uh -huh. Are there any other suggestions to kind of continue that relationship yeah. or 
Should mm-hmm. I bring something in with me? Yes. Do I give them? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Wonderful. I feel like it's a little one-sided. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, and I'm going to mute you, darling, just because the dogs are yeah, barking. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to answer this offline. And just before I jump into Jessica's question, if there's anybody that has called in via phone who has a question, go ahead and press star two. And I will answer your question next. So Jessica, as far as giving them something, I do recommend that you bring something in that something could be donuts. I know we have in my area, Krispy Kreme donut factory, and it's just amazing. People start salivating when they see them. So that can be a great thing to bring in. Anything sweet and delectable, you know, you could get some really nice cupcakes and bring those in. The thing is, is that I get what you're saying and I really appreciate that you're saying it feels one-sided to come in and keep dropping off my cards. And the thing is, it is that way when you're doing it that way. So not like you need to always bring in yummy things when you go in to drop off your cards, but doing it once in a while can be great. The other thing that I would recommend is something that I spoke about earlier, which is adding different vets, groomers, pet stores to your pet resources page on your site because that will help generate business for those companies that are helping you get business too. So that's something that I would definitely recommend. And that creates a win-win. You know, anytime we can do that when we're working with somebody or a company, we don't just want to take, take, take. You know, that's not a relationship. A relationship is really you know, where two people come together or two businesses come together to support and help each other. So that's something that I would really recommend. And I just, I love that you brought that up. So I am going to see, I know a lot of you have typed in your questions. This is a similar one that Jessica was talking about. So for marketing and local businesses, what else do you suggest we do or talk about with the business owners to further solidify the relationship? So again, you know, offering them space on your website under the pet resources page. If you're first going in, I would say how long you've been in business. Of course, it's helpful if you've been in business for a long time. You know, I've been in business for seven years and I just love what I do. You want to be enthusiastic when you're coming in to those businesses, but not too much, you know, but have some life energy. It's a good idea. A lot of pet business owners are kind of introverted. So, If there's somebody on your team, somebody who works for you that has a great personality, is very outgoing, it can be great to send them in there to cultivate the relationships if it's something really challenging for you. And then Joni said on the real estate end, because I was talking about connecting with real estate agents as a way to kind of get into neighborhoods that might be gated, those challenging neighborhoods that can be tough to get even one client in. So Joni said, on the real estate end, I hooked up with a person that gives gift certificates to his clients that buy for my pet sitting business. His clients love it and he purchases in bulk from me. So it really sounds like that real estate agent gives gift cards to your service. That is fantastic. I love that idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. So what I recommend is connecting with real estate agents and trying that, saying, you know, I'd be happy to give you a discount 
on gift cards, if that's something that perhaps you want to give your clients at the holidays, you know, on special occasions when they buy a house in particular areas like that. And I just see Gina wrote a very sweet note. Thank you, Gina. You're such a sweetheart. I'm grateful for you too. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you are at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Sally from Fort Lauderdale. She says, I'm a sole proprietor. I've been in business for just over a year, but my business has grown and is growing faster than I expected. I am so protective that I found it hard to find somebody to help, but I have recently found two great ICs that can help on the weekends and the evenings. I'm struggling with the idea that I have limited control over ICs, and I'm thinking to converting to an S-corp and taking on an employee in the new year. This really scares me. Is actually employing somebody as opposed to an IC really as scary as it sounds? It will be part-time position and the reporting aspect makes me nervous. So just so you know, Sally, it's scary in the beginning just because it's brand new. You know, anything that's scary in the beginning is going to cause some heart palpitations and, you know, you're letting somebody take care of your clients and, you know, you've had this business for a year. It's very much your baby, I'm sure. And so, yes, you know, getting around the fear is near impossible. So just know that you're going to have some fear and that's okay, right? If you know it in advance, it's going to be fine you know, you can go through it. And the thing about fear, I've talked about this in some of my webinars is, you know, it's not like we can purchase fear. It's fear is not like, or courage. We can't purchase courage. It's not like a coat we can go out and get, right? In order to get courage, we have to actually go through the fear. That's how you get the courage. So I really encourage you to step through your fear and do it. 
it's going to really make more sense if you're feeling a lot of nervousness around not having control of your business to hire an employee. And the thing about the reporting aspect, you know, I really recommend that you actually have somebody else do that for you. So get a payroll system. Talk to an employment lawyer. You can find a very low-cost employment lawyer by Googling low-cost legal aid and your town. You're in Fort Lauderdale, so low-cost legal aid Fort Lauderdale, and see how they can hold your hand during the process. So I really, really recommend that. All right, thank you for your question. Okay, so Jessica said, you say to have more pet sitters and dog walkers than you need. However, how do you do that if you don't have enough work to go around? So often what I'm doing when I'm coaching people, a lot of people contact me about hiring, how to hire great pet sitters, dog walkers, dog trainers, staff members. So what I will often say to them when I'm working with them is you want to have more people than you think you need because it can be hard if you're scrambling to find people if you have too much business. So you want to have people kind of waiting in the wings there. You probably won't have enough work for them to go around in the beginning. So you really want to be clear with them when you're hiring and just say, you know, I'm hiring you. It's going to be very, very part-time work. I'm hiring people that can do this for supplemental income. So maybe, you know, you're only working five to 10 hours a week. Maybe I'm not going to call you for three months, but then I'm going to have business. You can also let them know that as soon as you hire them, you're going to do a lot of marketing. It's really important to have the staff members, if you're kind of up to your gills in what you're doing and you don't have any more energy left, it's really important to hire people before you do a lot of marketing because otherwise, you might get in this place where you're getting all these clients and you can't provide for them. And that can be so tormenting, right? And you just don't want to be in that position. So really an important thing to hire people before you actually need them. We often think when we're hiring people that it's like, well, I wouldn't do that right? I wouldn't want to wait three months, but they're not you. You're the business owner and you, you have a different way of thinking. They're an employee. They're a staff member. They're going to be thinking very differently. And if it's supplemental income, that's going to be just fine for them to wait around. But again, clarity. The more clear you can be with them and honest in the beginning, the more likely they'll be willing to wait around for you. Okay, so Norma says, she's from Brentwood, I offer the following services, dog walking, drop-in visits, overnights, pet taxi, house sitting without a pet. Now my question to you is, should I get one service contract for all these services or should I get several for each type of service? I would really recommend having one service contract for all your different services because what can happen is maybe your drop-in clients all of a sudden want you to do dog walking and you may forget to give them a contract for that specific service. So getting it on one contract is really going to help you not have to reinvent the wheel each time or, you know, get out the dog walking contract. However you can simplify it, you really want to do that. So Jana from St. Augustine, 
how do you go about hiring helpers, employees, and how to interview? I'm concerned with having people go into homes. What about security? Well, I definitely recommend that you get a background check for every single person that you are thinking about hiring. And you don't want to just give them a background check. You want to interview them and see if they're the right fit. And if you think they are, then at that point, do it because it'll get really expensive to give a bunch of background checks. One thing that I did in my own company that, you know, when I've worked with people that have hired, what they've done is I had a lot of challenges in the beginning with hiring. I hired some really great people. And for those of you that don't know, I had my pet sitting and dog walking business for 18 years before I sold it about two and a half years ago. But in the first couple years of running my business, I hired some wonderful people and I hired some real duds. And, you know, those duds that I hired almost just helped me lose my desire to hire because it was so traumatic for me. I mean, they did some really awful things, <laughs> you know, just stupid things more than awful. You know, they weren't purposefully trying to be awful. They just didn't have a lot of common sense. And I didn't really know what I was doing hiring. I'd never hired before. You know, I was new to running my business. It was everything was brand new. And I had a lot of fear around that. So after about two years, you know, I started hiring people. And after about a year of hiring, I realized, I wish there was somebody like me that could kind of weed out the good people from the bad people, you know, and I thought about hiring somebody for that. But I realized I'm really that person like I want to, the business is mine, I'm the one who needs to actually do the weeding out of the good possibilities from the bad possibilities. So it kind of came to me one day, I created something called an application packet, which basically was this lengthy application packet. And they would fill it out, I would email it to them, you know, I'd place an ad on Craigslist, I would email the packet to anybody that I felt like could be a good fit. And then they would snail mail it back to me, and I would review it. And if they were great, I would call them for an interview. And I found that the application packet really helped me not hire awful people. <laughs> you know, I was really able to see from the application packet who would be great, who would not be great. And, you know, you can definitely create your own packet. You want to have job descriptions of the different jobs that you're offering. You want to have an application that's specific for pet sitting, dog walking, dog training with, you know, pet business related questions in there. And then you also want to have a regular application. And then I recommend having a schedule. So like what days can they walk dogs? What areas can they cover? You know, they would circle those. For dog walking, what days of the week can they walk dogs? And I have application packet on my site if you want to get that and kind of save yourself some time and energy. But again, you can also just create it. And you want to make sure when you're using something like an application packet to actually have the people that you're sending it to snail mail it back because it creates more commitment right? It takes a lot of time and energy to actually write the name on the envelope, you know, stick a stamp on it, put it in the mailbox. So that's something that I really recommend as a, a hiring tool. It helped me hire incredible people. Ugh. When I sold my business, you guys, I had 35 amazing staff members, just like super phenomenal people. They were all just, just really great. And I think that had a lot to do with the application packet weeding out 
potential bad people, you know, and help me really see who would be good. So Sarah in Chicago said, hi, so much great information today. As always, thank you. Oh, thanks. I have both of our pet businesses as pages on my personal Facebook account. Is that okay? Or should each business have their own account with their own pages or just separate accounts and not a page? I think you're doing it great. You know, you can have your business pages attached to your personal profile page. That's no problem. Keep it really simple. Okay, so Victoria from Sebastopol is saying, I have a little marketing question for you. I know you recommend setting up a business page on various social media sites. However, engaging with social media can be very time consuming. Yes, it can. How do you suggest we stay active on these sites without it taking all of our time? Thanks. So what I really recommend, Victoria, is the more you can schedule things, the better. And with Facebook now, you can actually schedule posts way in advance. You can, you know, they have a little calendar and you can go in there and schedule posts. That's something that can save time and energy. And, you know, attaching blog posts, links to it, things like that. So that's something. The other thing I would really recommend doing is that you maybe do it on specific days, like maybe even Mondays and Wednesdays are your marketing days. And you set aside an hour on Monday and an hour on Wednesday and you market that way. That can be really powerful because it becomes a schedule. It's something that you do every week. You know, the more you can get into routine with the various business tasks, the more likely you are to actually do it. So I would recommend, you know, figuring out when you can do it and actually writing that down in your calendar or, you know, however you keep your calendar. This is a tough question and I'm looking at it and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to answer it. <laughs> so let me see here. Michelle from New Mexico said, I'm just starting my pet sitting service. Monday, I published my website. Yay, Michelle. How do I politely decline clients that have dogs that are known to be aggressive like pit bulls? Oh, I didn't see that are known to be aggressive. That's a lot easier. It's not a specific pit bull that you know is aggressive. It's just a breed. You know, I had to do this, but I have a mixed reaction to this question, Michelle, because I have pet some pit bulls in my life that are the neatest dogs, you know? So if you're afraid of them, that's one thing entirely, but I wouldn't actually discount a dog breed or not take on a dog breed just because of the stigma around them. Um, like I said, some of the sweetest, most loving dogs I've ever met in my life are pit bulls. And many of them are named Honey and Sweetie, you know, to try to kind of work, work out the stigma. But the thing is, if you feel afraid, I don't recommend that you ever take on an animal that you ever feel afraid of. And I recommend if you feel afraid of it, don't give it to your staff members either. So what I would say is something like when you find out what the breed is, what you can say is, you know, I had a bad experience and I feel afraid, you know, humanize it as much as possible rather than say something like we don't take pit bulls. And, you know, I think in a few years, just like we have to be PC about, you know, the different nationalities and it creates this equal opportunity experience. I suspect that in a few years, 
that's going to happen for dog breeds. <laughs> because, you know, who are we to say that a pit bull isn't a good dog, right? We really can't say that. So anyway, but again, if it's something that you're afraid of, then I would just say, you know, I had a bad experience with that breed. And so unfortunately, I just can't take it on because I'm afraid. And dogs sense when we're afraid, you know, so it doesn't make sense for you to take them on. So that's what I would recommend doing. Norma said, Kristen, what do you mean by hiring duds? I'm curious, what made some of the pet sitters duds? What kind of things did they do that were stupid? Oh boy. Okay. I wrote about this on Facebook not long ago. So I hired this person who was an overnight sitter for me and he ended up burning trash in the gas fireplace. He shoved all of the trash in the gas fireplace and ended up creating so much smoke in their white living room that, you know, my insurance had to cover cleaning the upholstery, cleaning the walls. It was just dumb. Another one took the dogs to the county fair. That was pretty much a dud move. <laughs> Fed them hot dogs and they got really sick. <sighs> it's funny. I think I've blocked a lot of <laughs> a lot of the challenges out because it's so traumatic when that happens. You know, you hire someone and it just really can be very challenging, right? When something bad happens to you, you know, one of your staff members does something really dumb. So those are two examples of pet sitters being duds. Michael has a question. He's calling in via phone from Austin, Texas. Hello, Michael. Welcome. It's Hi, it's actually Michelle. <laughs> okay, sorry. It looks like Michael. Oh, it's okay. No, it's okay. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I wrote it wrong. Um, hi, I'm so I'm 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 really enjoying um, being on this call. Lots of good stuff um, that you're sharing. I just started my pet sitting service, dog walking pet sitting. Um, I started it at the beginning of the year, and I would say that given. Um, the circumstances, um, I don't have a website up. I have an Instagram page. I have not mastered my Facebook page. So that's, you know, not um, doing what it could be doing for me. Um, I, I, have, I have three midday dog clients, um, which provide me, you know, a really nice uh, recurring income. Mm -hmm. And then I have a mask. You know, this is all under, you know, 20. I don't I don't think I have more than 20 clients, but I have a master really good um, set of clients that are actually allowing me to, you know, make a living. Mm -hmm. Not the best living, but make a living right now. And, you know, when it comes to scheduling, um, I guess maybe this is my biggest concern with putting out my website and attracting new business is I, I simply could not take on more middays, midday mm -hmm. walks, mm -hmm. but I could, but my mornings are free, my evenings are free, you know, my weekends are free, and, and, you know, taking on more pet sitting clients seems like a reasonable thing to do, Yeah. Um, but I know that there's a management thing, I certainly don't want to, you know, kill myself with, with jobs, and then mm -hmm. not be able to enjoy what I'm doing because I'm rushing back and forth. But is there is there maybe like a formula? I don't know. You know, if I have this many dog clients midday, what is a reasonable? How do I? 
supplement that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think in the beginning, in the beginning, ideally, I thought, well, maybe I'll just do middays. Mm -hmm. But given the the travel time, you know, there's there's a lot of what I call dead time. I'm in the car for mm -hmm. this amount of time, and and now those are missed midday walk opportunities. Um, but you know, how do you balance? A, yeah. you know, what is a good balance? I'm for a single person yeah. doing this as, you know, for a living. I love that you're bringing this question up. And I also love hearing your cat in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you can mute me. It's okay. No, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. Normally, I'm so used to hearing dogs. You know, I coach so many pet yeah. business owners and there's inevitably a dog barking in the background and the people will apologize. They'll be like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, I hear it all the time. I love yeah. hearing the kitty. I think I am going to mute you, though, just so. Okay. Okay, yes, just because he's really going at it. So you brought up a great point, Michelle, about balance, and that's something that a lot of pet sitters and dog walkers don't have, and they don't even think about when they're starting their business. So I just love that you're even thinking about it. And you asked about a formula for, you know, balance in terms of your schedule, not going too crazy, you're currently doing some dog walking. So what I would recommend is, because you have morning and evening and weekends available, mostly you know dog walking is Monday through Friday, a few hours midday, typically anywhere from like 10 to two are typical dog walking hours. What I would recommend doing is really, if you're walking dogs between 10 and two, you're probably driving starting at like 9.30 and going to 2.30 right? So looking at, well, you know, how many hours is that? That's five hours. Realistically, you're probably not going to want to do more than eight to 10 hours a day. Now, I say some people may go 10 hours. I can't believe you're saying that. Michelle is just starting her business. So, you know, when we're starting out, we're probably going to be working more than we might when we're in year three or four, when we've hired a staff members to help us. You know, and part of it, Michelle, might be that you realize what doesn't work. Like you work 10 hours one day and you're like, that is too much. I can't do it. The other thing might be, you know, you work eight hours and you're like, you know, I really want to work nine. I'm still good to go. And of course, different days are going to be different energy levels and all of that. So I would begin to take pet sitting jobs, morning, evening, weekends. You're missing out if you're not. Some pet sitters hire people right away. I don't really recommend doing that if you're very new to pet sitting or dog walking because I think it's important for you to really get a sense of what's needed. So when I'm coaching people, I'm really recommending that they actually don't hire somebody for at least the first year of pet sitting and dog walking. So they experience all of the challenges. I mean, not all. You know, I was in business for 18 years and, you know, year 18, I experienced some challenges that I'd never experienced in the whole 18 years. So it's a continual evolution of challenges and wonderful experiences too, of course. But I think you're going to have a better idea as you go. And then after about a year of working in your pet business, then at that point, if you want to hire staff members, you can, and you'll have enough business. You'll have been doing pet sitting, dog walking, that you'll be able to actually give that to your staff members. But monitoring it within yourself is really the way to go, 
rather than me saying, this is the formula for you. I know for me, when I was doing pet sitting and dog walking, eight hours was it, maybe nine hours, you know, occasionally 10. However, when I was first starting my business, I was working 12 to 14 hours a day. Now that was way too much, but you know, 10 to 12 hours sometimes wasn't because I was so excited about my business, you know? It's brand new, you're so excited, you have more life energy when you're just starting out and it's all new and fresh and wonderful. So look at it within your own self and see what works for you. But probably you're gonna be looking at eight to 10 hours a day, okay? Let me see, I have somebody that is an anonymous caller from Upper Lake, I have no idea who they are, let's see. Hello, I'm unmuting you. Who are you, mystery person? It's me, Shelly from New York City with the Google Voice number. Ah, hello, Shelly from New York. How are you, Kristen? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Sorry to come up. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I guess Google Voice makes you anonymous. Um, so I'm, I got on late, and I know what the cover email said, so I just was going to ask. I had two questions. Um we haven't talked in a while, and it's so great hearing all the questions and all the answers and everything. Um, so I'm going to make my first trip out of my time zone mm -hmm. a week. Oh, a week from tomorrow, Ooh. and um, uh, it's the first trip that I've made since my business. I don't even know what the word is. Multiplied seven times, <laughs> um, and I. I told you the last time we coached that I was going to get managers, but somehow that never really happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why, but I, I have what I call senior walkers and walker trainers and stuff like that in my staff now, but I'm the, the, the email said, you know, can you step away from your business? And I thought, uh oh, I need to get on this call. So I still feel like I can't step away from my business entirely, not even for like a doctor's appointment for an hour or two. Can you give me any advice about just a baby step at mm -hmm. least that I could take um, when I go to see my dad in Hawaii, which will yeah. be six hours behind our business? Yeah, yeah. I know Hawaii. I travel to Hawaii often, so I know that the time zone can be tricky. I'm a little bit confused. It sounds like you have pet sitters and dog walkers working for you, but no managers. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Um, is there anybody amongst your staff? I mean, it's pretty late in the game now because you're leaving next week, but even so, is there somebody in your staff that could possibly kind of take the role as manager light, <laughs> meaning they, you know, respond or help out in an emergency if a sitter has an emergency or anything like that? Is there somebody that could sort of be on call? There is, and that, that's what I was doing because I have what I call, it's, I love the word manager light, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, but I've been calling them senior walkers mm -hmm. or you know, like that, and I'm going to just, that's exactly what I was going to do. I was going to group, mm -hmm. like, eight clients per walker for four of those walkers and just let the clients know, you know, I'm going to be on, but not until after one, blah, 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 and that I was thinking that I could assign each of those four walkers to a group of clients so that I'm not giving one person 40 or 50 clients, and, you know, I sit at my desk 
10 hours a day answering texts, emails, billing, every scheduling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that sounds exactly like what I was thinking, and I'm glad I just that you're saying that's probably the idea. And then is there a step afterward, though, that I could incrementally, I think what, you know, I'm completely off the grid still. No mm-hmm. website, no social media, no mm-hmm. pet software. I'm still pretty old school, but mm-hmm. my business is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I'm i wondering, is, would, is there any advice that you would give me to take the next baby step mm-hmm. with that? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would definitely recommend the software being the most important thing that you can do. However, I would wait until the fall because you don't want to implement it during the busy summertime. And you're going away anyway to Hawaii. But when you get back... I would look at that. Another great time to implement and begin to use a brand new software is January or February. Those times are typically slower. What you don't want to do is what some people do, and it's crazy making, is implement software in November or December when the holidays are there and things are just nuts. So I would be looking at September beginning to implement a software. So that way you have all your clients in a database. And I know you said you're low tech or no tech, but that would definitely be something that'll at least give you some structure around your business and allow you to kind of manage it from anywhere. So you can take more wonderful trips like this, right? And your walkers and pet sitters will have access to it too. And they'll be able to get the client data, which can be very important to them when they're dealing with the jobs and you're out of town. The second thing I would do after that would be to get a website made. Not having a website in this day and age is just kind of silly. You can get such an inexpensive one. You can go to upwork.com. used to be Elance, but going to upwork.com and just saying, I need a five-page website. And, you know, you could probably get one for $500 to $1,000. The thing is, it will take some time and energy because you'll want to write what the home page says, what the frequently asked questions page says, what the services and pricing page says. You know, that'll take some time. But if you place an ad, like say in September when you're doing the software implementation and entering all the data in the software, then, you know, you can also be interviewing for a web person because that'll take a while. It may take as much as two or three weeks. And when you're interviewing them or placing an ad for a web person, what I recommend doing is saying, show me websites, include links for websites that you've created. So you can see if their style is really what you want. Also, what you want to do, Shelley, is find 10 or more websites that you really like. They don't have to be pet related, but it can be helpful if they are. And you don't want to at any way copy what anybody else has done, either through text or, you know, the copy, the web copy or the look. But you can say to your web person, you know, I really like the colors in this one, or I like the layout of this one. And that'll help your web person really come up with a design that works and represents who you truly are. So that's what I would recommend. Thank you. You are welcome. So... Thank you so much, everybody, for being a part of this. Oh my gosh, it's been so fun to have everybody here. And I've never done the Facebook Live, and it's just been so fun to see so many of you pop on and pop off and pop on again. So again, thank you so much, everybody, for being here. I wish everybody 
a wonderful day. Thank you for being a part of this. Take good care, everybody. Bye. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed the coaching segment. And I just wanted to remind you that you can visit the podcast show notes page to download your free best year yet workbook that I created especially for pet business owners, as well as you can get information on the four week jumpstart pet business program that starts soon. And I'm also going to be having a link to the information about my one-on-one best year yet coaching for pet business owners. And that can be done at any time of the year, by the way. Goal setting doesn't have to happen just in January. (laughs) If it's July, if it's October, it's a great time. You know, as long as you have a 12-month plan, it is the perfect time to start. So January is great, you know. Most people are very fired up in January, but it doesn't mean, you know, if you haven't set goals, I don't recommend waiting until January if it's July or October when you're listening to this. So you can visit the show notes to get the links that I mentioned by going to prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 18. I'm going to say that again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 18. I'm wishing everyone such a great new year. And if this is well past New Year's that you're listening to this, I hope you have a great day. Take good care. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.